Welcome to the bonus festive edition of the Make a Change to Make a Difference podcast. We're doing things a bit differently in this episode. The team at Barefoot HQ have each selected a question from our coaching cards for Christmas, and one by one, they'll join me to share their answer. We'll hear about their childhood traditions, the memories and emotions this time of year brings, and their hopes for the year to come. Whether Christmas is a holiday which you celebrate or not, this time of year is an opportunity to come together with friends and loved ones, to remember those who are no longer with us, to share and make memories, and to express our gratitude for one another. On the topic of gratitude, we'd like to thank each and every delegate who has taken part in a Barefoot Coaching Programme this year. Thank you also to each of our corporate partners, all of whom are making brilliant progress towards creating coaching cultures in their organisations. And a very special thank you to each of our Barefoot Tutors and Associate Coaches for helping us to make the world a brighter place through exceptional coaching. To everyone listening, we wish you the very best for this festive period and hope you have a very happy new year. We're kicking things off in style with Barefoot's Managing Director, Andy Chandler. Hello. Hello, Adam. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, I was determined to get you on this podcast at some point. Here I am. What's the question you brought with you, Andy? Well, the question I chose was, how much do you enjoy the Christmas season on a scale of one to ten? Interesting. And your answer? Well, we love a scale, don't we? <laughs> we do. We really love a scale. My answer was, I was an eight. I actually love the whole kind of festive season and it's been getting progressively better as I've been getting older. I don't know why that is. It's interesting, isn't it? Well, normally you hear the opposite. As we get older, it's more difficult to buy for people. It's busier. Yeah. Maybe I'm just grateful to have got to another Christmas. <laughs> maybe that's what. Maybe that's what's going on. But I don't know. But either way, yeah, it was an eight. And I think the things I love, I mean, I just love having a bit of a break, actually. I love having that space because it's been really frantic at Barefoot. We've been doing some amazing work with clients and delegates and creating new programs mm. and breathing new life into some other programs that we had and just a whole range of things that we've been up to. And I think it's just fantastic just to have a bit of space space to spend with Ange, my wife, and Ella and Phoebe, and yes. kids, and what kids, 21 and 19, and just feels lovely to have that time with them. And I have, as a new pursuit, in my 50s, I started singing. And so I love singing, choral singing. And so Christmas, of course, is just mad with loads of concerts and uh, just beautiful moments of singing so i love that so yeah so that's why i'm an eight thanks andy yes the halls and rooms at barefoot coaching are often alive with the sound of your choral singing they are they are indeed i often get that feedback which is good <laughs> and you have some performances this christmas yeah i've got loads yeah stacks coming up in fact yeah i'm really looking forward to it, it should be great but i'll also be doing lots of reflecting and i'll be thinking a lot about what we've been up to in the last year. I'm so taken and so thankful, actually, to everybody, both the Barefoot team, who you'll be speaking to, I guess, yes. as part of this podcast, but also to delegates and to clients as well, who they're with us and for us on this journey. We've been running some webinars recently, these free lunchtime webinars. And the thing that strikes me is, you know, it's amazing because you get loads of people coming onto their webinars. I think we had 250 on one of them recently. We did. Free lunchtime webinars. And what's amazing is constantly that kind of on chat bombarded by this incredible wave of positivity and support from people who know and love Barefoot. Mm -hmm. And actually, I just think, how lucky are we to be part of that? It's yeah. just incredible. So yeah, so really just very thankful, loads of gratitude and a bit of space to reflect on all of that. And then, of course, 
to recharge and go again because 23 is going to be a really, really big year for us. What are your hopes for the year to come? Well, I think that we continue really on the trajectory that we've laid down in the last year. And we've made such incredible progress, both in terms of spending time focused on delighting delegates and delighting corporate clients as well. And I think we've just got such an opportunity to continue to grow in the way that we've started this year in particular. So, yeah, my, my hopes would be personally stay well, stay happy. That will be important for us as an organisation to stay well and stay happy and continue to grow and do work that we really love doing. Andy, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Emma G. Come and take a seat. Hello, Adam. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So our corporate partners will know you. Yep. But for anyone who hasn't had the pleasure of talking to you or emailing you just share a little bit about what it is you do at barefoot i'm corporate contracts manager part of kelly's corporate team and i ensure organizations are using coaching in the best way to suit their needs i love it <laughs> and it's an area of the business which is just growing and growing and growing isn't it it really is yeah i think especially since what happened 2020 2021 there really does seem to be a drive towards people wanting to get their teams together in person as well which is really lovely. definitely yeah we're seeing that coming through more and more yeah thank you for all the fabulous work that you do <laughs> in that area i'm interested in which question you've brought with you okay so i've got how did you spend christmas when you were a child oh okay i do love christmas i'll just put that out there right now (laughs) and you shared in our team meeting this morning your tree's already up it is yes i know that will uh shock quite a few people but (laughs) (laughs) caveat that with your way this weekend when it would have normally gone up so um, i love that that just says everything about you just plan ahead (laughs) get it done and then you don't need to worry about it So yeah, the tree's already up, which is earlier than it would have been up when we were were children. Um, My mum used to put it up maybe the middle of December, always put it up with carols going and start the uh, Christmas celebrations with our advent calendars, which were cardboard back in the day, Um, not the chocolate ones that the kids have nowadays. I remember cardboard advent calendars. Yeah, we used to be so excited every morning just to open that little window and see what was behind it. You know, at the ripe old age of almost 36, I saw my mum yesterday and she said, oh, I forgot your advent calendar. Yeah, my mum still gets <laughs> me one too. She does. Yeah, yeah, and I get them one now because I feel like I should return the favour. So, um, yeah, a lot of our family Christmas is traditional, which I guess a lot of people's are. I remember doing my list out of the Argos catalogue, circling yes. all the things that I liked. We always have stockings that we'd put out the night before Christmas for Santa with his mince pie and my mum again still does me a stocking every christmas did you hang them on the fireplace no we hang them on our door outside our bedroom oh okay yeah so we do it that way and then we would wake up and have stockings in my mum and dad's room before we went downstairs to see if he'd been and we've carried that tradition on with our children as well and um, i was speaking to my daughter the other week telling her about this podcast and what i'd be talking about and i said oh what do you remember? Because she's 17 now. I was like, what do you remember when you were a child? Oh, getting our stockings and coming into your bed and opening our stockings and it being all nice and quiet before the madness Gosh. begins. So yeah, we we do that as well now with the stockings. But we'd have Christmas tree, decorations that me and my sister would make over the years that would still come out. 20 odd years later. They were really, I, I don't know what it was about these Christmas decks that we made in school. Do you remember the clay ones? Yes. And then you yep. would bake them. They were just indestructible. They were, yep. We had angels that were made out of like a, a pyramid of cardboard with a ping pong head. Yeah. Ping pong ball head <laughs> and wool on the top. They're still knocking about. They look a little oh. bit worse for wear, but yeah. And I just love Christmas and the traditions because it, it brings back memories of when you were little and 
when people aren't around anymore as the years go by and yes. you end up talking about them and the nice memories and it's just bringing those back to life and yeah. we always used to play board games on Christmas Day. We're Did quite you? competitive as a family, which seems to also pass down to my children. I mean, I don't mean to say every single year, Emma, you win the whatever Christmas <laughs> quiz we've got going. Yes, that's probably the only time when my competitiveness does come out. <laughs> Yeah, I do allow it out at quizzes, but yeah, we love a board game. So yeah, just nice family time, I would I say, that. yeah. And you're absolutely right, this time of year is an opportunity just to reminisce. Yes. And to think about those people that are no longer with us. Exactly. And be thankful. Yes, for very much friends so. and family and yeah. all the things that we've got going on. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a wonderful time. Thank you. Thanks, Emma. And we've got another Emma next, Emma B. Emma B, hello. Hello. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Come and take a seat. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Good. Are you? I'm very well, thank you very good. much. Now, you will be very familiar to delegates on our postgraduate certificate in personal and business coaching, otherwise referred to as the flagship programme. For anyone who hasn't had the glory of meeting you or interacting with you, could you just share a bit about what it is you do at Barefoot Coaching? Yeah, of course. So the interaction is usually from the very first inquiry, whether that be email or phone or on the website. And then generally from there, supporting taster sessions, so managing that process, including putting together the dates, recruiting tutors, supporting them through supporting the delegates, supporting the delegates as well, giving them information all the way through the programme, taking them to the accreditation process. But there's quite a lot of intricacies involved in all of that because at any one time there can be six or seven programmes running, which in, at some times there can be nine sessions in one day gosh so so yeah it's a lot of plate spinning but I love it and I really enjoy working with the team that I've got and I know that they enjoy working with you that's lovely thank you and we talk about four and a half thousand delegates 28 countries but of course now that we're online the reach is just so much further we've had people joining from all around the world Mm, yeah Australia North America China Malaysia all over Europe yeah, it's a really far and wide reach and I'm really proud of that. Yeah. It makes it much more diverse, accessible to people, being online and a lot of people have given feedback to say so as well. The first point of contact obviously with the taste of session and supporting people on that means we get to meet lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds, lots of different careers and it's just watching them from the very beginning going through that journey that makes it special for me. Mm. And then when they come back at the end and they say how much the programme's meant to them, that's that's what really ticks my box and fills my cup. Mm. You really are with them, as you say, yeah. right through their entire journey. Mm. Coming into the programme, thinking about what they might have in mind, what they would like to do with it afterwards, and then what they end up doing. And then they might come back and do another one of our programmes. Yeah. So, yeah, you and Val really are that sort of grounding, continuous presence in their coach training journey. Our relationship started with a coaching call, didn't it? It did. Gosh, yes. Uh, many moons ago, before you started the programme, you were on OL3. You've got such a good memory. Yes. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to think, because it was a telephone call. Mm-hmm. Were we in lockdown? Yes. Because you were working from home. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I still think about that conversation, you know. It means a lot to me to, to have that contact with people mm. and look at what you're doing now. Well, who'd have guessed amazing. it? amazing. 
that you're thank with you. us. Oh, thank you. I'm interested in which question you've selected from our coaching cards for Christmas. I have selected, what are your hopes for you and your family next year? Oh, how lovely. So my thoughts are, I've had a lot of health problems this year, and so some members of my family, close family, and so it's been a tough year. Hmm. So my hopes are that we all get to put this year behind us and have some better health, but more happiness. My siblings, for example, have both suffered with some health issues and we're really close as a family and they're both starting new roles in the new year. So I'm wishing them lots of luck with that. And for my parents and my husband's parents, physically, probably their health could be better. So I'm hoping that they feel better next year. But we are spending Christmas together as in my in-laws and my parents at my in-laws house so the six of us so that'll be nice because they usually go to India at Christmas time and we've never spent Christmas together this is your first time all together really looking forward to it but also thinking about people we've lost as well because my dad's mum died on Christmas day about 10 years ago oh I am sorry so that was that was quite tough Have the two sides of the family spent much time together before? The dads, they go to the football together if they can. Ah. And the mums will go for lunch. But the mums tend to be quite, where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? And um, (laughs) what should you eat? And where do you want to get? And they went to Nando's the last time, but they shared one thing between them. Oh. I don't know why they did it. But yeah, I think that's quite trendy that they went to Nando's, to be honest, the (laughs) mums. The time before they shared a sandwich at M&S. But yeah, they do. And it's nice that they get together and then share that it time is. together. And it's a beautiful metaphor for Christmas, isn't mm-hmm. it? The idea of sharing in something together. Yeah. Regardless of beliefs around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Whether we celebrate Christmas or not, this is an opportunity to be together and to reminisce and to think about people that are no longer with us. Yeah, well, my mother-in-law doesn't usually decorate the house, but she is going to this year, just the is area that we all sit together. She's going to get some lights and she's really looking forward to it. And I've already bought Christmas dinner it's all ready to go. So we're going to share it. So the in-laws are going to do starters. We're going to do the mains. And my mum's going to do pudding. And my husband has asked for, like, something similar to a Sarah Lee gatto. <laughs> That's what he really wants for Christmas pudding. Honestly, <laughs> I think Sarah Lee played quite a significant mm. part in most of our childhood. Exactly. So he really wants a chocolate gatto. So, the challenge, yeah. of course, is just making sure you get it out of the freezer in time for it to thaw before Otherwise you Christmas lunch. Exactly. Don't get me wrong, I still went at it. You know, with a fork, even Mm. when it was frozen. Yeah, me too. I hope you don't mind me mentioning, this year is a special year for you as well, because you became an aunt. I did, yeah. And so he's going to be nine months. And I bought him a rocking dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what you do. I'm sure I'll be more excited about putting him on it than he will be. He probably won't even know what it is. But yeah, so I have been really excited. It fills my heart spending time with him. I'm really close to my sister and I love the fact that we get to spend that time, the three of us. We're going to go for a walk just before Christmas as well at Bradgate Park because that's our tradition. So we go for a walk, we look at the deer, we go for a hot chocolate and some cake. Yeah, there's nowhere like Bradgate Park at Christmas. We tend to do a similar thing. In Mm. New Year, we tend to go to Bradgate. Gorgeous. Well, I hope you have a wonderful time. Thanks. And you. Merry Christmas again. Thank you, darling. I love this not knowing who's next. Hello, Kelly Wood. Hello. Come and take a seat. Thank you. Now, Kelly Wood, you will be very familiar to pretty much all of our corporate clients, um, clients whom 
we do one-to-one coaching for or that we will run programs for in organizations. But for those people that haven't had the pleasure of meeting you, could you just share a little bit about your role at Barefoot Coaching? I sure can, Adam. So hi, everyone. Kelly Wood and I lead our corporate development. And yeah, just that, Adam, we work with organizations of all shapes and sizes and helping them with all of their coaching needs. So that could be one-to-one coaching assignments, that could be helping leaders developing their coaching skills to have even more awesome day-to-day coaching conversations. It may be supporting new parents as they go off for the first time to have children, all sorts of things. And yeah, I really love working with organisations and just, yeah, helping them with their coaching journey. So love it, love it, love it. And I know that they love you as well. Now, a little birdie tells me that you are quite a fan of Christmas. Is that fair to say? I think it's fair to say. And I have to be really mindful of of dialing down my excitement. If only we were recorded and the listeners could just see how your eyes just lit up then. Yes, it's definitely my season. Love Christmas. Everything it is and everything it brings. And probably more so the food. All about the food for me. Yes. Love it. (laughs) Now, like everybody else, you've chosen a question for my coaching cards for Christmas. And I'm very interested in hearing which one you have selected. So I went for a different angle because knowing how much I love Christmas, I thought doing something a little different for me. Mm. So my coaching card for Christmas was, what do you think is the most annoying thing about (laughs) the festive season? So I really wanted to challenge myself with this one. To engage some of that black hat thinking, the old de bonos. Completely, completely. Because I do recognise for some people, it's not the best time of year. So I just thought it would be really good just to think a bit differently about it. Mm. So Kelly Wood, what is the most annoying thing for you? about this festive season? So for me, it's the pressure we put on ourselves to have the perfect Christmas. Mm. And I can really relate to this because already as much as I enjoy writing the lists and thinking about everybody and presents and gifts and decorations, I do notice myself and this pressure, this weight of the Christmas period. So yeah, it's the pressure and need for things to be perfect. Mm. And it's there anyway, you know, especially with people who have got families and you're buying presents for lots of people. But particularly when you are hosting, when you take the Christmas lead mm. and everyone's sort of looking to you, or it might feel as though people are looking to you to have a good time. How do you manage that? So this is one of the things that I'm really reflective of and actually doing this, surprisingly, Adam, has really helped me as I oh, think God. about what does Christmas look like this year, knowing I am hosting. I think there's something for me around this word perfect, just dialing that down a little bit. Hmm. So as much as, yes, there's lots of thought given to the food, you know, and let's not forget the elf on the shelf. So any parents out there that have little ones, there's an additional stress of this elf thing that we have to do things, you know, every day. So as much as it's about the Christmas day itself, I think just the month of December and just the pressure, you know, to do many things. So I'm just going to try and slow down and just be more present because... Many people, I hope, can relate to this, but Christmas Day can just flash by Mm. so quickly. Huge build-up, lots of planning. Just slow down on the day and just notice, just observe, you know, and just be happy enjoying each other's company. And if those Yorkshire puddings end up being a little bit crispy or maybe there's lumps in the mashed potato, whatever it might be, (laughs) I know I take it to be about the food, then that's okay. Because really, we strip it all back. It's just about being with each other, isn't it? You're absolutely right. You're making me think about the synergies to a wedding, actually. Mm. And people say, you know, so much goes into planning a wedding. And then on the day, 
you are so carried away with everything because yeah. you're all just sort of going through the motions and you're making your way through the event list. This is happening at this time that people don't then take time just to stop and just take a look around yeah. and be thankful. Completely, because I think if we were to ask anybody, what did you remember from last year? They wouldn't remember those crispy Yorkshire puddings. They'd actually just remember as being together, you mm. know, and laughing and joking. And, and yeah, so I think I'm going to really hold that and think about that as I start to um, get stressed about it all. I'm not going to go there, Adam. I'm going to no. just remember this conversation. Just think, no, take the pressure off. And know that come January, I'll be asking how you got on. So, you know, if a bit of positive peer pressure helps then. Completely, yeah. And I look forward to that because I'm sure there'll be some stories to tell about what goes down on Christmas Day. Likewise. <laughs> now, being somebody who loves Christmas, as you do, no doubt, you have a favourite Christmas movie or soundtrack. Do you? And if you do, what is it? Favourite Christmas film would have to be Home Alone, Lost in New York. Oh. We absolutely love it as a family and we may even watch it through the year. So um, yeah, we love it that much. <laughs> I think it's one of our favourites anyway. And then when we had Max, my little boy, he absolutely loves it. And all the tricks and fun that Kevin gets up to but there's some beautiful again just lovely underlying messages there about being together yeah but the soundtrack's great there's some wonderful songs and and kind of orchestra pieces in that as well mm. um so that's the one i mean there's many because as i said i do love christmas so even the songs there's always a christmas playlist on in the car as well so that will be happening on the first of december um but yeah that's that's the film and i i love it because we sit down we know what happens, but there's just something magical about when we do watch it. Yeah, I love that. There's that piece of choral music. I'm sure Andy Chandler will know exactly. Well, there's that one. But is it is it the one at right at the end of the film where he's reunited with his mother? Rockefeller Santa Christmas tree. That's the one. Yes. It's beautiful. It's one of those soundtracks that you could just have on in the background. Yes. Yeah, and you just relate straight away and... Who wouldn't love to be in front of Rockefeller at Christmas time? Well, indeed. And Kelly Wood, I wish you a very relaxed and stress-free Christmas. Thank you, Adam. Back at you. Who have we got next? Let's have a look. It's Val. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Come and take a seat. Welcome. Thank you. How's your day going so far? Yeah, good. I was on your leave yesterday, so get in back into the swing of things. Well, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but you were somewhere quite special at the weekend. Yes. <laughs> I went to London to see Hamilton, which is the best musical. How many times have you seen it there? Once. <laughs> is it only once? Live once, yeah. Ah. The Disney Plus movie version, I couldn't count how many times. Oh, I didn't know there was a yeah. Disney Plus movie. Okay. It's on my bucket list, so perhaps I... Would you recommend the film oh, very more? much. I would say go and see the play go as and well. Go see the play. Definitely. And it looked like you had quite good seats. Amazing. We got a box. <laughs> but very Did cheap. you get a box? Yeah. You got the cheap. royal treatment. Yeah. Well, it was the royal circle. Royal circle <laughs> box. <laughs> yeah. They were quite cheap. So very much. Did you enjoy it? Oh, my God. So much. Have you booked again? No. But I'm, I'm thinking about it. I haven't told my partner yet. But yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. How fabulous. Yes. <laughs> Val. All of the delegates on our postgraduate certificate in personal and business coaching will have come across you as well as Emma B. But for anyone who is meeting you for the first time by the medium of this podcast, what is it that you do at Barefoot? So I've been with Barefoot for a year and a half, going on two years ne early next year. So that's quite exciting. 
And I currently look after what we call the flagship program with MAB. So anything from supporting our tutors on taste sessions and supporting the delegates throughout the course of the program. And I also look after the academic element. So anything to do with draft essay, essay support and kind of guidance on what happens next for university related plans, then uh, students can come to me. Because of course, for anyone who isn't familiar with, as we call the flagship coach Mm -hmm. training programme, delegates have the option then to go on to complete the academic element with the University of Chester. They can even then choose to go on even further and do a master's if Mm -hmm. they want to. And the essays is an interesting thing because sometimes people come into that feeling a bit nervous, a bit unsure. And of course you're there to I do a lot of cheerleading. I love that, (laughs) cheerleading. Yeah, I do like it. It's nice having people calling and obviously I'm not one of the essay tutors so I can't actually mark their essays but I know enough about the technicalities needed for the essays to be submitted that it's nice to have this conversation and kind of tell them nice things like oh you're gonna be fine you're gonna do it you know and I actually enjoy that because it's such a nice personal moment that we share so yeah well you do it so well thank you (laughs) how did you get on choosing one of our coaching cards for Christmas yeah it was okay I think this called to me quite quickly Ah. Um, so hopefully it's a good one (laughs) Well, let's hear it. What have you got? Okay. So the question is, who would be at your fantasy Christmas dinner table? Historical figures, famous people and people you know are all allowed. I love that question. Thank you. But this is one that requires some thought, actually. Yeah, I think I probably overthought it a bit too much (laughs) (laughs) over the weekend. So the people you've chosen, though, how comfortable are you with who made the final cut? I'm very comfortable. There were some people that I was very sure about and then some people that I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure. But I am quite confident with the final cut. So okay. it's not a big table. <laughs> how, it, ma- how many how many seats do we have at this um, table? One, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know. It's an intimate Christmas dinner. I love it. Yes. Who's made the list, Val? So it's myself. I invited myself as of well. Of course. I love that. Um, my partner, Jim, my mum and my sister and her partner. Because I won't be seeing my mum and my sister this year. So I thought in my dream Christmas table, it'd be nice to have them. So your mum and your sister, they're at home in... In Italy, in ah, Sardinia, yeah. okay. So the two of them with my sister's boyfriend. And then it would be great to have my dad as well, who passed away nine and a half years ago. Gosh. Especially because he never met my partner or my sister's boyfriend. So it would be quite special to have that. Wow, um, that's so lovely. Thanks. <laughs> This is kind of the people that I actually know, close-knit group, right? Okay. And then I went into the fantasy famous people I love section. <laughs> I love that you started with your family and friends so they could share in this dinner yeah. with you. Yeah. The rest of the guests, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is a songwriter and playwright, which is the man behind Hamilton and oh. more popularly Encanto, wrote songs for Moana, wrote many other also musical like In the Heights. Gosh. So he's just... An amazing man and artist. Then I've got Anthony Bourdain, who also passed away a few years back. Okay. Um, The chef and author, who was also an amazing, super interesting man. And I think he would be an amazing dinner guest. Where would I know him from? He was a TV chef, but a quite unconventional TV chef. Mm. Um, So he travelled a lot. You know, he was a kind of a man of the world and fit well anywhere from like slums and horrible little restaurants by the side of the road and amazing five-star restaurants. So he was, yeah, he wrote a few books, Kitchen Confidential. So he's not cooking, he's a guest. I mean, he can cook. (laughs) 
he could cook if he wanted to. But yeah, he, he sadly passed away about four years ago, I think. Right. And it was just an amazing man. I'll Google him after. I'm sure I'll recognise his I've face. I've got books I can lend Okay, you. Yeah. cool. <laughs> One other one of the weekend about him as well. So, yeah. Um, and then... I've got two more. Go on. I've got Jay Rayner, who, you know, oh, obviously yes. a journalist and, and food critic, who is also just an amazing jazz musician. Just, yes. He could do some music for us. Yes, um, he could do your pre-dinner entertainment. turn yeah. on the piano. <laughs> yeah. And finally, this is a bit of an international oh. pop star, I've got Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. I think she would be great. I mean, I like, I like Taylor Swift. And I think she would be good in this dinner guest. Christmas yes. table scenario. You've got a nice mix of people there. Thank Close you, yeah. family, friends, chefs, mm. musicians. Yeah. Gosh. I'm quite happy with that. Who would you sit yourself between? Ooh, maybe my dad and Lee Manuel Miranda. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But nice. it's a tiny table, so we're all we're all close, aren't we? That's so. a, you could always you could S- change places between end. courses. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice idea. Yeah. Uh, what are your plans for Christmas, Val? Good question. So I'm not going to be able to go back home to Italy to see my mum and my sister because there are no direct flights and it's oh. extortionate. Do you video call? Um, yeah, we will. We, we do often and we will. But we are, say we, me and my partner are spending Christmas at his sister's house. They have three children, so our nieces and nephew, oh. and they have kittens as of very recently. So it's going to be quite an exciting Christmas. Interesting. Yeah, so we have the British side of the family together this year. So that's going to be lovely. I love that. Thank yeah. you, Val. No, thank you. Who's up next? Kim Shaw, hello. Oh, hi. How are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm like in a recording studio. Fabulous. It's all <laughs> professional, isn't it? I know. I'm excited to hear which question you've chosen. Well, I have chosen, what is your favourite Christmas tradition? Ah. And now a lot of people may already do this, but one of my memories from childhood was, you know, before everyone has opened their presents and gone downstairs and it's mayhem and there's wrapping paper everywhere, my mum would sneak into my room and she would lay the stocking on the end of our bed. And we had the same stocking our entire lives. And I remember waking up and reaching to the end of the bed and just feeling to see whether or not it was there or not and what could be in it and then we'd wake up at seven always at seven and go into my parents bedroom and open and it was you know dark and quiet and just exciting you know there's never big presence in there but it was just that quiet time together so I do that with my own children um they do not get up at seven it's much earlier um, but they, they come in and I just imagine the excitement they feel when they wake up in the morning and they touch those little parcels. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's that quiet time before the hectic day starts and everyone's cooking and playing with toys and arguing and playing board games. But it's just that nice, peaceful time in the day where we're just together, have a little coffee and just watch them open it. And it's lovely. I love that, Kim. Mm. What are your plans for Christmas? The same. It's um, very hectic, so... Christmas morning at home, seeing my mother-in-law and opening presents and presents there. She doesn't know that yet, so this might be a surprise to her. Um, And then (laughs) cooking Christmas dinner and having my parents over for the evening. So, yeah, nice day. 
That's Looking lovely. forward to it. And I should have started actually with what it is you do at Barefoot Coaching because <laughs> I mean you're almost at your one year anniversary on Thursday is it this yes, week the first of December of course I knew that <laughs> I'm sure you've got a big party planned <laughs> so yes I am the learning and development manager here at Barefoot for almost a year and I have the complete pleasure of working across the whole team in a nutshell, I create and curate learning for programs, courses, corporate content, um, all the while thinking about learner experience and learning technologies. And then the other great part about governance and evaluation, which I know oh, I all gosh. I go on and on about. So, um, so yeah, that's what I do here. Fabulous. Well, look, happy anniversary for Thursday. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much. Do you have a particular favourite Christmas song, book, Ooh. movie? I really like Christmas Wrapping. I think it's by The Waitresses. I think that's probably going to be my Christmas Wrapping? Christmas Wrapping. As in wrapping a parcel, not. Yes. I won't be wrapping. Okay. No, yeah. Christmas Wrapping, WR. Yes, I love it. It's very fast-paced, just like me. Um, <laughs> so it's easy to sing. <laughs> Yeah, I think I know standardly should be Mariah or, you know, the Pogues, but I'm going to stand firm with Christmas wrapping. Brilliant. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hello, Lauren. Hi. Hi. Come and take a seat. Get yourself comfy. Thank you. Lauren, hello. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. For anyone who hasn't come across you before, are you happy <laughs> just to share a little bit about what you do at Barefoot Coaching. Yeah, yeah, sure. So my role is marketing and events coordinator. So I look after all of the events that alumni might come to following completion of the flagship course. So things like a conference, roadshow, exhibitions that we might be at. That's kind of my main focus. And sharing all of our wonderful coaching products yes. and cards with the world. Absolutely. What's Christmas like in your house, Lauren? Quite relaxed, I'd say. Oh, I good. think We usually we always go to my mum's house she enjoys that though she quite likes hosting we do offer to host <laughs> but usually it's just a bit of a no so it's nice we don't do a whole lot we kind of stay in watch nice christmas movies do you have a particular favorite christmas movie yes my favorite is santa claus not the one with an e on the end the one with dudley moore it's an older one it's from like the 80s i think I'm screwing up my face for anybody listening, if you wonder why I was just quiet there. I'm dreadful with names. I'm thinking of the one that's got the Matilda actress in. No, that's Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> okay. Close. Well, I've got no idea, though. <laughs> well, I love that one. It reminds me of when I was a kid. I used to love that all the time. So it's a nice one. You should watch it. Yeah, I should. It. Yeah, I like it. Very good. Which of the coaching cards for Christmas have you changed? So I picked what is the most unusual way you have ever spent Christmas. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> so it was the first one that jumped out at me, actually. And it took me straight back to when I was at uni my third year was a placement year so I got a job and this job just so happened to be in Australia <laughs> as you do <laughs> so off I went for the year and spent Christmas there but it wasn't what you might imagine as your stereotypical Aussie Christmas I'm thinking on the beach barbecue yeah I think that does happen but it certainly wasn't my experience okay. um, so I lived in a house share with four other people one of which was a guy who his family were from literally the middle of nowhere I'm talking like a population of about 25 
in was the town. Was he a native Australian? Yeah, yeah. Adelaide is where I lived and he'd moved there for work. But where he was from was this tiny, tiny little town about a five-hour drive from there in the middle of the outback. So, and his family were so generous and because they knew me and my friend who I went with were there on our own, mm. they invited us there for Christmas. To the outback. To the outback. How exciting. Yeah. So we'd been um, to visit them a couple of times before anyway. So we did know them, but they invited us and it, it was wonderful. But the unusual part about it, I think, is that they owned a farm. And obviously the farm never stops, does it? So, uh, okay. So on the Christmas morning, I spent the morning harvesting the crops. Everyone had to help out, you know. So... You had to work for your Christmas lunch, though. Yeah, I had to work for my Christmas lunch, though. I learned how to drive the combine harvester. You did I did, yeah. I thought, when I was 20 at the time, I thought it was thrilling. <laughs> yeah, so we had to, in the morning, get all the stuff done on the farm. And then his grandma hosted, like, a big Christmas dinner, which was a typical Australian Christmas dinner, I think. It was all the meats. Limited vegetarian food, which wasn't great for me. I am a vegetarian. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Were there things for you? I mean, there was a, a bit of salad. Okay. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was absolutely lovely. And um, of course, because it was in the middle of, of Australia, the heat was so hot. I remember on Christmas Day, it was 43 degrees. Jeez. So it was... It was hot. But his family was so wonderful and they included us and they did, every year they do this big secret Santa and they included us in that. That's and lovely. Yeah, it was, it was lovely, but it was definitely one that I remember. Well, most definitely one to yeah. remember. Christmas morning spent on a combine harvester. Yeah. Followed by salad. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still in touch with them at all? Yeah, some of them actually, yeah. He's not huge on social media, but every now and again he kind of crops up with a bit of a <laughs> random message and yeah yeah we do keep in touch it's nice that's it's lovely. actually one of the only reasons i've kept facebook going because oh, really? that's my kind of line of communication with them yeah so it's nice well i wish you a very merry christmas and i thank hope you, you enjoy it at your mum's thank you very much thank, thank you. you who have we got up next hello hello, hello Lorena. Welcome. Would you like me? Come and take a seat here. Get yourself comfy. <laughs> this is also much fun. Oh, good. I'm glad you think it is. Welcome, Lorena, to the podcast. Thank you, Adam. Hello. It's lovely to have you here with us. Mince pie? Um, I won't, if that's all right. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of mince pies, if I'm honest. Are you not? Chocolate log. You've got me. So you're a sort of yule log. Yeah, anything with chocolate. Interesting. Apple mm. pie? No, it's pastry. Ah. I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of pastry. You reminded me actually as kids when we still thought that Santa was. I don't want to he's, say. I don't. He is, isn't he? I, I don't want to sort of. We're not going to go there. Are okay, we? we're not going to go there. No, no. But, okay, so when as children we thought that you're. <laughs> my mum used to ask us to leave an apple pie out rather ah. than a mince pie. Right. And so we thought that that was just what everybody did yeah. exactly and it just yeah. turned out that obviously you know mum didn't like mince pies so <laughs> she wanted an apple pie instead. in a madness exactly i can't fault her <laughs> mrs claus so Lorena, you do a fabulous job taking care of all of us at barefoot coaching for anyone who hasn't met you or spoken to you happy to share a little bit about what it is you do here yes it's a bit of a mix so i cover everything sort of under the hr umbrella facilities management so 
that can be anything from just making sure the building's legal and compliant to fixing the odd light switch or whatever. <laughs> and I support the team, but I support Kim and Andy as well. And again, it's quite varied. So, yeah, it's bonkers sometimes, but it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and we love how you take care of us and thank our beautiful you. officers at Barefoot HQ. So thank you. They make it easy because they are so nice, don't they? They are good. Yeah. What's Christmas like in your house? Um, so generally, Paul takes a little bit of warming up towards Christmas, but I think secretly inside he loves it. He always says, oh, it's too soon, it's too soon. But secretly inside, I think he, he gets more excited than he lets on. Mm. It's my birthday tomorrow, which is the last day in November. So I almost feel like once I've had my birthday, then I'm, you know, 1st of December, I'm free to go. That's Christmas. It's Christmas all the way. Me. Yeah, yeah. And it's over so quickly. Yeah. So I like to drag it out a little bit. Oh, I make not? the most of it. Very happy birthday for tomorrow. Thank you. Any plans? Um, <laughs> I'm having some curtains fitted. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What else would Obviously, you be doing on your birthday? You know, I've only been waiting eight weeks. It's fine. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait. And I can't put my Christmas tree up until the curtains are done. Ah, okay. So, you know, it's it's an exciting day tomorrow. Oh, I love it. Photographs, please. All right, then. <laughs> Which question have you chose? I have chosen, what is your earliest Christmas memory? Oh, lovely. I know. When I say the earliest, that's when I was the youngest, I think. The one that, as far back as I think I can go. Gosh. Yeah. And I'm interested to hear now what, what it okay. is. Okay. So my, my grandma died before I was born, unfortunately. So I never met her. But my granddad remarried. But we never called her grandma. We always called her Auntie Lucy. So we used to go to granddad's and Auntie Lucy's. The afternoon of Christmas Eve. Right. And because it's sort of dark nights and everything, we thought we were out really, really late. And we used to arrive. It was And it was proper winters in those days. So it was cold. It was sort of like you were all wrapped up, all snug and everything. And we'd arrive. And I remember sort of like always going in and it being red hot. <laughs> you know, you'd be stripping off and everything. But the, the memory that came to mind was my Auntie Lucy sort of like beckoning me with a finger, you know, come here. That kind of thing. And saying, I've got something for you to do, a very important job. And then she'd take me off into one of the, the bedrooms mm. and dress me up as Santa Claus oh. with a homemade outfit. So, <laughs> and I'm going back up many years now. So, like, this was very basic. It How was, old do you think you were? Oh, I'd probably be about five or six. Gosh. I think five. I think wow. five. I've got photographs. Have you? Um, yeah. And judging by the photographs, I think I was about five. And I'd only just be five as well. So we used to get dressed up and it'd be a red felt jacket thing and a black belt. And then these black trouser things that she'd make, like pantaloons that oh. went underneath. She'd had made it? Yeah, she'd made <gasps> it. Yeah. Um, and the hat. But then I had a cotton wool beard. Oh, <laughs> I know. And sometimes it was even stuck together because over the years it got a bit fatty. Oh, she would get so it out every get year. The same thing out every year, yeah. <laughs> or, probably and that. she just turned down the trousers each time <laughs> as you got a bit taller. No, they just got short. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody was looking at the feet. They weren't interested in the feet. They were just interested in the sack that I was carrying with presents for everybody. I was going to say, what did you do in the outfit then? So well, you you embodied uh, Santa. Yes, You'd live I used to distribute the presents. Oh. So... You know, dragging this this <laughs> into the lounge, and then one by one, I'd sort of like try and read the labels. Obviously, being five, I couldn't always read all of it. 
But I recognised names and things. I got by. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then my dad would be taking photographs because he was a bit of a photographer in the day. So he'd be snapping pictures right, left and centre of me handing all of these presents out to everybody. Gosh. And them all acting so surprised. And how long did this continue? Till I was about 10. Oh, okay. I, I thought think, you were going to say I, I was think, in my 20s. And then I think I sort of said, mm, not doing it anymore. Like, because I got a bit too old and, you know, thought, no. <laughs> Not, Did it you know, pass on to that. somebody else in the family or was that where it finished? <laughs> no, no. I passed the tradition on in a sense to my own daughter, but not. I didn't dress her up. Right. I, just, I just used to put presents on one side and then when all the family used to come to me for Christmas, she would be the one that would go around distributing the presents and then gradually she'd start to hand them out from under the tree and things like that. Aww. So Amy always used to dis- distribute the presents. So it carried on. Yeah, That's so really on. lovely. Yeah. But I didn't dress her up. I don't think she would have. <laughs> she wouldn't have wanted that. <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah. Thanks, Lorena. Oh, you're very welcome. I've enjoyed that. You put me in the mood. Oh. <laughs> A day early. Because, you know, obviously, still got my birthday to go. <laughs> Hello, Joe. Hello, Adam. Welcome. Thanks. You're fresh out of delivering a coaching session, I believe. Yes, literally as one door opens, another door has closed. (laughs) But yeah, I literally just landed from session one of uh, the group coaching masterclass. Ah, fabulous. How was it? Brilliant. Good. Brilliant. In a happy place. Oh, I'm really pleased. For anybody who hasn't come across group coaching before, could you just share a line about what it is? Yeah. Group coaching is a space in which more than one person comes together and has an individual goal, but it's usually a shared interest with others within the group. And it's a beautiful space in which people can learn, share and normalise together. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for letting me put you on the spot as well. Yes, I'm perspiring now, thanks. <laughs> and I've got sweaty palms. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, that's a beautiful lead into my next question, which is, for anyone who hasn't come across you, mm-hmm. could you just share a bit about the, the work that you do at Barefoot Coaching? Someone who hasn't come across me? I know. I mean, what? <laughs> my name's Joe Reeves. I'm in-house coach and tutor here at Barefoot Coaching. I've been working for Barefoot for five years now. Um, and I lead on women's development, all things confidence, self-esteem, self-worth. I obviously deliver one-to-one coaching as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've already explained, I do things within the group coaching space yes. too. And I also teach coaches to work within family life space as well. Brilliant. That is everything I think. I also tutor on the foundation programme and support on the flagship. I think that is it, but there might be others that come along as I remember. But yeah, very active here at Barefoot. And it's interesting that you should touch on the coaching for parents and family life because this is, of course, a time of year when, as parents, family members, we have opportunity to pull on some of those skills to help us through what is always a busy, kind of hectic time of year. Yeah, exactly. It is, it's a really interesting time, isn't it? There's a lot of traditions, there are a lot of assumptions and a lot of expectations yes. for families around this time. If you could give one sort of top tip to parents out there to help manage themselves through this time, what would it be? I think it's actually time for self, time for self. It's that old analogy of putting on your own life jacket before you consider others. And I think there is so much pressure for families, parents, 
um, to deliver the fairy tale Christmas mm. with what's going on in the world right now. There's a hell of a lot of pressure. So I think there's something around taking a taking time for self mm. and whatever that means for you. Mm. I love that. Thank you, Joe. And I'll just add Moe. <laughs> Other champagnes are available. <laughs> yes, they're not a sponsor yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've chosen a card for our coaching cards for Christmas. What yes. question are you arriving with? What is the funniest Christmas present you have ever received? Now, okay, that's an interesting one. And from the from the look on your face, I think we're in for a good one here. Well, you know, I was going to pick a card that was really anchored and lent into sentiment, but for those of you who know me, know that I'm I love a laugh. Um, and so, actually, my the funniest Christmas presents that I received. I'm going to say what the gift was and then we could talk about it afterwards. But it was a meat tapas book. Okay. At a time when I was vegan. <laughs> Classic. Mm-hmm. And might I ask, who was this gifted to you by? Yeah, great question. The now ex-husband. Right. <laughs> and I'm finding it really hard not to then go into, well, and there's the reason. <laughs> and then, well, yeah. <laughs> No, it was very funny. And actually, you know, it's the signs were there and I think that's... <laughs> so was he just totally oblivious to, to your food requirements? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you do all the cooking in your house then? Well, I certainly did. Yeah. <laughs> Headline now, I'm now with a chef. So things are different oh, okay. in my world The now. balance has been readjusted. The balance has been readjusted and restored. Ah. Uh, but yeah, that was the funniest one. I'm fortunate enough that actually our separation, split and divorce was fairly amicable. And we do often connect with the joke of, do you remember the time when you bought me the meat tapas book? <laughs> And he was like, all right, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's good that you could look back on these things and smile about it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now you've shared that Christmas for this year is going to be slightly different for mm -hmm. you, living mm -hmm. with a chef. I've now got images of just glorious food laid out on the table. But what are your plans for this Christmas? And who indeed is cooking? That's a great question. And isn't that interesting about assumptions? Because the reality is my partner will be working all <gasps> over Christmas. Right. So from Christmas Eve to Boxing Day night, I probably won't see him. I'm hoping there'll be leftovers, though. And I'm cool with that. I'm seeing food being brought home in foil trays. Yeah. Yeah. And if there isn't, there will be, uh, there'll be <laughs> hell to play. So actually this year, I'm going to be in Brum, back to the motherland, back to the homeland, It'll be a Christmas with my parents and my little boy and my friends and probably uh, our new sponsor, Moe. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you get that call first, you need to message me. I'm all over that like a cheap suit, mate. Thanks, Joe. This has been wonderful, actually. Short and beautifully sweet. So, unfortunately, Rob Kemp, our Head of Accredited Coach Training, and Kim Morgan weren't able to join us in person for this podcast recording, so I caught up with them earlier in the week online. Here's what they had to say. Hello, Dr. Rob Kemp. Thank you for joining. You're welcome. It's good to be here. From your lovely home in Nottinghamshire. Exactly. And you've selected one of our coaching cards for Christmas, haven't you? I have. And I have the card. The question you chose was, if you could create a Christmas motto for your family, what would it be? I was really taken by the question and actually, you know, never wanting to disappoint Adam. Not, not only did I create a motto for my family, I also created a little crest. So <laughs> I went the yes. whole hog 
Um, and you know, when you get like a motto, often they're, they're written in Latin, aren't they? And they somehow sound a little bit, you know, more meaningful when they're written in Latin. So, yes. uh, so, <laughs> so I use the magic of the internet because I'm not fluent in my Latin. And, and I have a little motto for my family over Christmas. So Ooh. in Latin, it is non est donum meus quam presentia tua, which means there is no greater gift to me than your presence. So I was thinking about how, for me, Christmas is important because of the people that I'm with and my family and those people that are close to me. And then, Adam, I remembered who was coming for Christmas, so I thought I'd write, I thought I'd write another motto. Oh, OK. Yeah, which is, Tementulus novem coherens duodenis. Sounds glorious. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Well, actually, on, on the motto and the image that I've created, there's a little cocktail glass, because what it actually means is I'll be tipsy by nine, but probably incoherent by 12. Well, you're right. Everything sounds better in Latin. Doesn't it just? Doesn't it just? So the first one is serious. The second one is flippant. You know, for me, Christmas is all about the people and, and the presence, not the present. Oh, I um, love that. <laughs> the presence, not the presence. Absolutely. What are your plans for Christmas? So I've got some family coming round and we're just going to have a traditional Christmas. We're going to have the the whole meal and, you know, probably sit on the sofa in the afternoon and watch some films and just enjoy the time together, really. So nothing grandiose, but uh, for me, it's the it's the perfect way to spend the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Favourite Christmas film? Is there one? Yes. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I could go through all of the ones that I love because, you know, I love Elf and I I love Miracle on 34th Street and I, I love all the tr- yeah. Sound of Music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you got to love Sound of Music. I think for me, my favourite Christmas film, though, if you can class it as a Christmas film, is Love Actually. Yes, a modern classic. Yeah, Love Actually. Yeah. Um, and whether you can count the music in it as Christmas music, I, I don't know. But I do like Girls Aloud singing Jump. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> there was, um, wasn't there a Christmas number one that came off the back of that film for uh, a band? It was all about, is it, is it uh, Bill Nighy and uh, yes. the theme of the old rocker who creates a Christmas classic around an old tune? Yeah, like the Christmas miracle, the modern Christmas miracle. Yeah, it's a lovely film. I, I love it. And it's yeah, I, I love watching it at Christmas time. We could do with a bit of snow, you know, make us feel a bit Christmassy. But other than that, I think all my wishes will come true. If one of your wishes were to come true, what would that look like? Well, that's a deep question. (laughs) You know, I think it's going to be a tough Christmas for a lot of people. I think it's tough in a a lot of ways in the UK and it's certainly tough around the world. So if if I could wrap up all my Christmas wishes into one, it would be, you know, corny as it sounds for peace at Christmas. It's not corny at all. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Rob Kemp. Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast, Kim Morgan. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really well, thank you very much. I've had a lot of fun speaking to the Barefoot HQ team and finding out about all of their Christmas traditions and memories and their plans for this year. It's been fabulous. Lovely, good. And what better way to finish the episode than with you and I chatting? Oh, nice. Thank you. So, Kim, you've chosen a question from our coaching cards for Christmas and I'm eager to hear which one you've chosen. So I chose what or who has inspired you most this year? That's a nice one. And it was really hard to just settle on one thing or one person. 
But if it were a person, I think it, I would have to say Deborah James, who, yes. who became known as the old babe, who died this year of bowel cancer, but who did so much to enlighten people about bowel cancer and cancer in general, who fought with dignity and good cheer and honesty and courage and raised loads and loads of money for a really important charity. And so if I I chose her to represent actually the people that I know personally who have had losses, had diagnoses of illnesses and have coped with grace and dignity and courage in the same way and Mm. those are the people who really inspire me when the chips are down they show a, a force of nature and a desire to live and enjoy every moment so yeah but maybe ending on a bit more of a serious note but Um, Christmas for me has been tinged with sadness for many years now and it has unfortunately been the time of me experiencing big losses in my life so I I felt like I couldn't quite go down the sort of turkey and tinsel (laughs) merry and bright route because I'm really aware always since I experienced a big loss around Christmas time, I remember going into supermarkets and there was Christmas music playing and people working in the shops were wearing Santa hats or dressed up as elves and they were all going, what are you doing for Christmas? Are you having a nice day? And I felt like I wanted to wear a big badge that said, I'm grieving, yes. I'm sad. So I kind of wanted to say that to you today because it is a reality for many people. It isn't all merry and bright, and there are all sorts of things going on at all times of our lives, and grief and loss and illness doesn't know when it's Christmas, does it? No, it certainly doesn't. So that's my heartfelt message to everybody who isn't feeling very Christmassy this year. You're not alone, actually. And even if you've had a loss at Christmas, in future Christmases, it comes back. It all, you will always think of it again and you're always aware of the people you love to aren't there or the health that you have that's not there anymore. And that's why I also, when I design the cards, I put some survival tips in. So yes. it's not a question, but my other favourite cards, if anyone's thinking, feeling a bit Scrooge-like or feeling a bit low, the survival tips are really helpful too about yes. being kind to yourself about not conforming, not comparing, knowing when enough is enough and remembering even people who you've loved and lost, who loved you, remembering what they might say to you at Christmas as well. I love that, Kim. And yes, you're absolutely right. The survival tips are part of the coaching cards for Christmas deck. Um, I'll run through them briefly. And of course, if people are interested in finding out more, they can find the cards through the Barefoot store. You've already mentioned know when enough is enough. Boundary setting, particularly at this time of year, is important. Kelly Wood, our head of corporate development, shared earlier about aiming for the perfect Christmas. 
So kind of knowing when enough is enough. Equally as important, survival tip number two, learning to say no, setting limits on the amount of money we're going to spend or how many people we're going to host for Christmas dinner. You don't have to do it all alone, I guess is a nice follow-on from that as well. Asking for help. Yeah. Oh, here's one. This is an interesting one. You don't have to take responsibility for everyone else's enjoyment. <laughs> someone wants to sit in the corner being grumpy with a glass of port in their hand leave them to it yes and if my mother happens to be listening this one's aimed at you mum <laughs> because I, yeah there can be a sense of responsibility can't there when we're hosting to make sure that everybody's okay and that everybody has a drink and that everyone has a nice time and actually as you shared so generously we're all dealing with our own thoughts, feelings, emotions around this time of year, just allow people to be. Yeah, definitely. Make time for some fresh air and exercise. That's a nice one. That's a nice memory I have about Christmas afternoon when it's, you know, and you've probably after you've eaten and it's yes. getting dark and it's cold and crisp outside, just going for a walk and seeing so many other families doing the same thing and everyone saying Merry Christmas on, on that. I didn't know what a Christmas walk was until I met my husband. Didn't you? No, we would never leave the house. It was just kind of what we did really and Andy's from, his family live more in the countryside. So it was just the done thing, you know, after dinner everyone would get out and they'd walk and they'd get muddy and then they'd come back and all fall to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Survival tip number six, at Christmas it's more important to be kind than to be right. I like that as well. It's one of my favourite sayings, being kind <laughs> rather than right, it's not just for Christmas everyone. I love that. We'll put, we'll, yeah, we'll credit to you. And then finally... Remember that it's your Christmas too. Yes, really important, especially if you've got children, if you're hosting, if it's also about you. Allow it to be. Allow the little child in you to enjoy Christmas as well. I thought about something that just now that we didn't put in there that perhaps we we should have done. One of our favorite coaching tools, the scale of awfulness. Yes. Where you imagine a scale of one to a hundred. And you then imagine what would have to happen for you to hit 100, something pretty devastating. Mm. So then when you perhaps burn the turkey or the roast potatoes don't come out perfectly, then you go, well, where's that on the scale of orphanage? It probably wouldn't even hit one. So you really keep perspective because there's so much pressure and so much sort of pomperitis going on on social media yes isn't there with your christmas decorations how beautiful the house looks the tree the food actually just know that you've done your best <laughs> absolutely yes you're absolutely right um it's very easy to compare isn't it when we see things on social media but we have to be mindful of the fact that people are only generally sharing on social media the very best bits of what's going on and of course we're all we're all dealing with the same stuff behind the scenes we could start a new trend adam of sharing the christmas dinners that went wrong <laughs> disastrously wrong and the decorations that look rubbish yes oh i could share my wonky christmas tree yes <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for sharing so generously, as always. Thank you. So, Adam, you said it's fitting that I'm the final guest, but actually, surprise, because 
Who who is other stew? <laughs> I was hoping I was going to get away with it. Well, I'm going to. Which card would you choose? Okay, let's have a look. I have got what is the best Christmas present you've ever received? I'm going for a nice and easy one. Lovely. I can't wait to hear. Well, I have, do you know, I have a few actually. And probably my favourite Christmas present that I ever received was one that I didn't actually receive. My sister received. This will all make sense to you in a second. <laughs> You probably know where where it's going. Yeah, you could could guess. It was, right, picture me, early 90s. How old would I have been? I don't know, five, six, something like that. And my sister got one of these beautiful, these like, where it's the head and shoulders of like a doll with the hair. And you could do the makeup and the lipstick and the eyeshadow in there. And I think I, well, not I think, I did play with that far more than she ever did. In fact, I would probably go as far to say as I commandeered it. So that was the best Christmas present I never received. Do you know, it made me remember that there were a couple of things that my daughters always asked for, for Christmas, and never got. And when they were adults in their early 20s, they bought one another those things. I, can't, I can only remember what one of them was. And it was a Mr. Frosty. Oh, yeah. I think I wanted a Mr. Frosty and was never allowed one. Because they'd held on to that. We never got it. They bought them for one another. The other one might have been that hairstyling. <laughs> Weird head and shoulders thing. Yeah. You know, you just made me think of the other thing that I really wanted that I never got was, do you remember the game Mousetrap? I do remember that, yeah. And I really wanted it and it was all over the TV. You know, the the old Toys R Us adverts with the giraffe in the store at night, etc. Well, I might get you one for Christmas. Are you my secret Santa? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kim. Thank you. That was a lovely conversation. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, then be sure to subscribe to get alerts each time we release a new episode. Just search Barefoot Coaching Podcast wherever you get yours. Oh, and if you aren't already following us on social media, then do just search for Barefoot Coaching. 